TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, it gives me great pleasure to speak with and introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch, the marvelous Dr. Damien Christoph. again under some duress as you are on the way home from a funeral, your third in two weeks. When I say, how are you, Damo, it's not really the right question, but I will say it anyway, how are you? Oh, mate, to be honest with you, it's great to be chatting with you, Pierce. I do love that. Um, and that's enough to lift anyone's spirits. Oh. So it's always great. Uh, to say I'm great would be telling a little porky pie. I am. I am actually um, feeling humbled, like having been reminded of these wonderful lives of these people that we've lost in the last three weeks. Um, it's quite, quite incredible. I'm sorry I'm on the road for all the listeners. It's uh, obviously harder to hear me while I'm on the road than if I was, you know, in the studio recording. So, but at least. At least we're here together, PC, and we can talk about all the things that have been going on because there's, there's lots of things happening. Well, I don't think that anyone could um, could uh, complain given that you are on the way home from a funeral. Um, and maybe to share uh, one who passed away, someone that, that we both know in, in, in very different circumstances that we both know. Uh, yeah. the late Deb Riley, but maybe share, share. can you share the story you told me about how you found out about um, Deb's passing and then, um, yeah, just, just some of what, you know, you've learnt over the last couple of weeks because it's clearly been a um, an incredible, uh, and I don't say that word lightly, but you've really gone through a, a big chapter in the last fortnight. But, yeah, just share how you learnt about the passing of Deb. Oh, it's been amazing, PC. I mean, obviously... Um you and I only just the other day spoke about gut feeling and um, and chatting about you know when you, you you go on a hunch, intuitive hunch, intuitive hunch. You and I spoke about that. Um, anyway, that was what last Thursday I think it was, and uh, here we are this Thursday. And on Monday, I just I had a bit of a it was a big weekend. I'd seen a lot of patients, which was wonderful on the Saturday, and then I, I raced to. The funeral of the, you know, our great friend Tess Lay, Tess Lee, sorry, and uh, and it was just, you know, a beautiful tribute at the police academy in Glen Waverley, and the police chaplain, you know, did a wonderful job, and all the speakers giving um, tremendous words and you know speeches and accolades to Tess, and and everyone did such a wonderful job. Everyone from her mum Sally through to her dad, and then. Uh, her best friend Sarah, and then our husband Jeremy, and then of course there was a recorded, you know, message from Tess. It was very humbling just to, you know, listen to the, the beautiful things and then the legacy of somebody. And then uh, I was, I was, you know, and then, you know, not to make light of, you know, where I'm going with this, but, you know, when you talk about football, it kind of you, know, you can talk about death, and then you talk about football. I, you know, Dustin Martin had okay. been under a fair bit of stress and he, he broke, you know, had a bit of a wild, you know, outburst and that landed him in hot water. So I was reading the paper and I was really interested to find out what that was all about on the Monday morning and I was exhausted and I was just flicking through at St. Martin's 
there before the you know the cafe opened in Brighton, and I was sipping on a coffee, and um, and I got to the obituary section, which I never ever ever read, but I don't know what it was. You know when you read something and then something jumps out at you. Well, in bold was this message, uh, the passing of our beloved Deb Riley, and I was like, what, Deb Riley? And I knew that she'd had cancer. And I met Deb probably, you know, 18 or 19 years ago, just as Jackson had been born in Tarelgan, uh, through her brother Gavin, uh, Gavin Slavin. And um, and Deb was a mad keen, um, you know, lover of life and a triathlete and a surfer and um, and a mother of two two boys, twins. And, um, and she was diagnosed with cancer back then. Anyway, um, she she fought that, got through it, and then and that was breast cancer. And then she was re-diagnosed again with cancer a couple of years ago um, with metastatic uh, tumours to the brain, the lungs and the bones. And, uh, and so she was pretty cooked, but the tributes that we that we got today were just, you know, outstanding. It was just absolutely amazing. It was incredible. So one of the things that the chaplain said today, uh, of the chaplain of Ambulance Victoria, not the police chaplain, the Ambulance Victoria, said that, you know, it's a, a wonderful thing to remember um, you know, the, the great things in people's lives, but to reflect on what the dash means between your birth year and your death year. And the dash essentially means all the things that only those close to you know took place in your life. And it was, uh, it was a really beautiful reminder uh, of, you know, what to, to think about and to take stock of when, uh, when, when you, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're paying tribute to somebody else whose life's just passed, it was, it was quite a, a profound moment where I thought, yeah, what's my dash look like? What's, you know, 1911, 1973 dash, what's that all made up of until the next date gets put there? Do you know what I mean, PZ? Oh, 100%. And um, I'm sure anyone that is listening, and this often happens, I think, when you're at a funeral. And again, just to remind our listeners, you've been to, well, two in-between recordings uh, Saturday and and today, and uh, yep. three in the last fortnight um, with your grandfather as well. But I think everyone listening would be listening right now, going, "Yeah, what does my dash represent?" And and really, uh, if we're brutally honest, am I happy and fulfilled with that dash? If I got hit by a bus tomorrow, and the yep. date was put on the other side of the dash, am I happy with the dash? Um, yeah. And so this is something. Has this come up more than once for you in the last? Obviously, with three funerals, that, that the conversation about how a life that was lived and legacy and the rest gets gets brought up. But uh, is the dash something that is really front and centre for you at the moment? Has it come up uh, regularly? Well, you know, what what the dash has, I suppose today was a good reminder of all the things that I've been, I suppose, uh, considering and thinking about. And, you know, you, you often, I think, when your children move out of home, yes, there's a level of anticipation. Oh, you know, what's it going to mean? You know, do I, do I have um, all this extra time, or you know, will life be much different without them at home and all that sort of stuff? And I suppose, PC, you can only ever imagine what it's going to be like when, you know, I, I suspect that Maya might be the first person to leave, but it could be, it could be Darby, mm. could be the first person to leave. Maybe it's Tommy. You <laughs> might have Darby. That'd be you a might... concern. <laughs> Maya would be 25. <laughs> Darby be twenty one, well, <laughs> but it's possible. You, know, you never, you can't rule those possible. things out. Absolutely. You might, you might have locked up 
You might have locked up Maya and said, you're not leaving home until you're 30. <laughs> that is more likely. That is highly likely. <laughs> but, you know, so I suppose, you know, in losing um, my grandfather, who was like my father, you know, um, you reflect on that and you go, okay, well, that's, that's, that's big news. And then what's my role in my son's life? And then he's moving out. And so he's kind of, you, you, I'm not mourning him moving out, but you kind of think, oh, it's, you know, that's a, a chapter of my life closed in raising a child. Um, next thing for me will be, you know, seeing him develop his career and, you know, then maybe getting married and then maybe having children if that's the way in which it's going to go. But there's there's all of those sorts of things. And so as we explore this 100 Not Out journey, we're, I'm, I'm now experiencing people passing. Um, and I suppose we all experience people passing, but you're then left to reflect on, you know, what am I doing in my life that is of purpose? How is that maintaining my engagement? And am I moving enough? So I'm thinking about all those top three things that help me with my longevity because I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave the planet yet having, you know, still so much that I want to I want to take part in and be part of. So um, I'm, I'm looking at working on more of the things that uh, you and I talk about that uh, that should help us live a, a long a long life. I think that when people die, I think this is great. I think there is not there is um. There is a major level of accountability that people's death puts on us in a good way where we go, yep. well, hold on, I've got to wake up here. Like, Because yeah, as you talk, I'm like, there are um, key reminders that whether someone dies in their 30s like Tess or in their 40s, I'm, I don't think Deb would have been 50 yet, would she? She was in her yeah, 40s? She, she was about to turn 51. Yeah, so, She'd, uh, yeah she, she was, uh, yeah. 50 and um or if it's like your um papa who's who's 99 i think if if there is a i know there's many benefits but if there is a benefit to farewelling someone uh and it's often it can it can seem hard it's it's almost like well they don't have the opportunity that i have it now and so i want to raise my game or be present with with what i'm doing so i'm curious like just question without notice um and then i just want to share a couple little memories of of Deb, but also just what people that, that pass away, what they do for us. Is there uh, is there areas of your life right now, based on your last fortnight, that you know you're really keen slash inspired slash you're fed up with that you want to improve on? Um, it doesn't have to be. I'm just curious. I don't think so. I think I'm just going to keep on working on bits and pieces. Um. I think present time consciousness is a really big thing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's maybe one thing that I've been reflecting upon lately. I think the busier you get, the less present time conscious you are uh, when you're given the opportunity to be with people. And so, I think uh, I'm going to work on busyness and uh, and work maybe more on present time consciousness. So when I'm with somebody, you know, really be with them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't mean that to sound like I was intentionally not being with somebody, you know, when I was with them, but I was, you know, trying to... The distractions of thinking, the world. Yeah, maybe I was getting caught up in, you know, what's next? What am I going to get done? Yeah. Uh, how much time have I got here? And, uh, you know, is my is my, is my my next appointment going to be on time? All those sorts of things, you know. So now it's, uh, I suppose, just cherishing the opportunity to spend those, those minutes, seconds and hours with people, um, but with a, a greater level of... Uh, purpose and present time consciousness. 
Yep. All right. That's great. It's it's yeah. It's a. Uh, I think everyone can can definitely um, relate with that. Now I want to ask you, um, and I just want to reflect because when um, uh, so the only yeah so I found out about Deb Riley's passing when you and I spoke earlier on the phone this morning, and to give some context, Deb and I um, uh, were neighbours in in um, the South Gippsland region. Um, our practice, our chiropractic practice, was in Wanthaggy. Um, we yeah, Sarah saw. Um, Deb's sister-in-law, Robin and Gavin, and um, some of uh, Robin and Gavin's children and grandchildren. Um, I did my first triathlon with uh, Gavin. Uh, he was almost like, um, and Deb really in that area was really renowned for her triathlon, her fitness. And so when I started riding a road bike, she was always, and and, and same with Deb's um, brother Gavin as well, they're always just great mentors and and great to be there to just teach you the ropes and the rest but Deb's energy and enthusiasm um and her attitude was always something that stuck with me and so when you told me that she died I have two memories that really popped out one was when I when I fell off my bike and broke my shoulder I vividly remember being wheeled into the uh ambulance sucking on the morphine green whistle and it was two (laughs) weeks before this uh half Ironman triathlon and and you know, I didn't know at the time if I'd just hurt my shoulder a little bit or a lot, and it turned out it was quite a lot. But um, Deb, I still remember vividly, like <laughs> um, Deb just just saying, "You'll be right. You'll be on that bike in two weeks. You'll smash that triathlon." Like she was so um, mono focused, um, which I think is why she was able to live for so long. Like her dash in terms of cancer diagnoses was yeah, incredible. Plural. I mean, plural. Yeah. Uh, the amount of times that she'd been diagnosed with cancer and been able to still live a great life um, was off the charts. So, so that that remind that that will always stick in my mind. And then, second one was when I was running a local triathlon, and Deb was one of the field marshals because because her and Gavin and and a few of the others were the organisers. And I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was I might have been whinging or moaning about the run leg, or maybe I was just a bit tired. And I just remember her going, suck it up, princess. Will you just get a move on? And um, I must have said something mediocre to Deb and she just wouldn't tolerate it. And she was just that wonderful person that she would never let you say something that was half average um, and she would be that real good kick up the backside that often a lot of us need if we've got a bit of stinking thinking even that was if that's in the middle of exercise or just in the middle of the day. Um, She was always good for that pick me up. And then so it just... It reminds me to ask you, like, when you've been at these funerals, like, do their lives... So, when you tell me that, like, Deb's life in, and, and my common um, interactions with her kind of flash before my eyes and I go, well, what did I learn from Deb? Same thing with Tess Lee, who we dedicated our last episode to. Um, so, I'm curious with, you know, you and the people that you farewelled in the last fortnight, do you think of their lives and, and your role in them or when you were engaged with those people... And think about what you learnt from those people individually. Um, probably in reflecting, I, I do. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I was when I was there, uh, listening to Tess, you know, Tess's eulogy and uh, and tributes flowing in for Tess, I was like, oh, I wish I had got to know Tess more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when Deb's stuff was going, I was going, yeah, I remember all. I remember a lot of that, but I wish I got to know Deb more. Yes. And it's not that. Um, it's not that. I don't think it comes down to FOMO, um, but I suppose what it comes down to, I suppose, is uh, when when you realise that someone has such a massive spirit and such a massive impact on people, um, it's it 
something that you want to have experienced yourself. I, I, I think parts of parts of those people who have left the planet, um, they leave they leave you know massive legacies, and part of part of their package will flow on and continue. But I wonder if I'd known them better, how much more I would have you know learned to live my life in a particular way. You know, and I have no regrets about where I'm going or what I'm doing with my life. Um, but it's you know you wonder whether or not there's more that you could learn and be doing slightly differently or even better. Do you also like? And, and I always remember when I was at my auntie's. It was an auntie's funeral, I think. I think I'm pretty sure it was my Auntie um, Maureen. Auntie Maureen, and and I realised how much of a role she'd played in um, in uh, I think it was government policy for NDIS, particularly on a local level, but even on a higher level. And I'm thinking, wow, like there's so much about. You know, people that I think I know well that I really yeah. don't know, and then you think, yeah. did I did I not take enough interest? Did I not ask enough questions? Was I not um, yet engaged enough with that person because we maybe only knew them on one or two um, levels? Like when you talk about Tess and going, I wish I'd known her more. I feel like Tess was always so grateful that we took such an interest in in her, but I don't know that I necessarily agree. I don't know that I feel like. There was enough of an interest, but this is the stuff that you think of when people pass away. It's like, did I message enough? Did I call enough? Did I show that I cared enough? Did I um, keep in touch enough? Um, you know, and and the rest. And I think, yeah, when people pass away, it does make us question the way that we interact with with other people. Yeah, mate. I was, so I was sitting there in the church today, and. As they were talking, I thought, isn't this ridiculous that here I am in a room of 800, 900 people and I haven't seen Gavin for a number of years and I haven't seen Deb for a number of years. But it took a funeral for me to take an hour, an hour and a half out of my day to go and see them. Yes, it's a five-hour drive return, but it's an hour and a half. But I could have done the five-hour return drive and spent half a day with them at some point in the last three, four, five or six years. Um but we get busy, and so that's what I think I want to work on is that busyness and then work out who are those people that I should and could be, and I'm happy to be shooting on myself here, should and could be actually spending time with. Um, and and taking that time to take the drive and, you know, not worry too much about making sure that the house is clean or whatever else because yes. the house will get clean, but, yep. you know, going and doing what really matters. It's interesting because now that you say that, I reckon the last time um, – that I'm going to guess here, but the last time you saw Deb Riley was when yeah. she attended um, a Power of Food that Sarah and I were hosting in Wonthaggy. Uh, and that would have yeah, been 2012, well, 13? Yeah. Well, I did see her one more time after that, uh-huh. um, and that was when I was helping her with her cancer, um, you know, to, and just from a health and well-being perspective. So... Um, but that was that was still a couple of years ago, you know. Yeah. So. It's interesting, and and uh, and I told you this morning that we've just had another registrant for our uh, 100 Not Out Longevity Experience to Ikaria. Welcome to Roz. Shout out to Roz. Yes. Um, on, Roz. Who saw the article in the Go Mag? For all of our listeners, if you don't get the Go Vita Go Mag, just go into your local Go Vita store to see a, an article that Damien and I penned on our experiences uh, in Ikaria. But um, we'll, come, we'll come into Vita. We've got about a thousand there. Oh, good! You got a few. <laughs> <laughs> we got heaps. Twenty-two S Abbott Street, Sandringham. Yeah. There's yeah, Go Magazines. 
uh, on the shelves in there, in there plentiful. Um, not every every practice member is not getting one, but ten copies each. Yep. Give these to your family. Give them to your family and friends. Um, but you know, when you talk about your desire, your shoulds, as you as you uh, label it, about um, you know, say upping the social uh, side of things, it really does remind me um, of the way that we live our lives when we're in Ikari for those ten days. Like, there's no there's no um, what's the word? Like, there's no outcome for the socializing. It's just like the present time consciousness of being with the people that you're around without going, yeah. oh, look, I better get home to put on the dishwasher or catch watch maths or get home to do this or do that like it's just enjoy the the time with that person whether it's half an hour two hours four hours you know um afternoon tea can turn into dinner dinner can turn into dessert and supper and you know some of the nights when i when i was talking to this this um new attendee roz for an hour on the phone yesterday yesterday and i said pardon me roz because i'm going to just over inform you on what happens on this trip because it is on the other side of the world and I wouldn't want you to come uh, for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah. So I'd, I'd explain everything. But, you know, there's no agendas, there's no timetables, there's no curfews, there's no start times. It's all very um, organic, for want of a better term. It just happens. Um, and we live in the village, not, not as tourists, but as part of the village. Um, and everything that you're talking about in terms of how, and I think most of us would agree with you, that ideal social life is when you're with people, you're not worrying about, oh, you know, as you're talking, you know, there's dust on the desk here and, oh, this uh, office I'm in could do with a vacuum and, oh, I can't have guests over because there's boxes everywhere. Like the way that many people live is like, well, it doesn't matter like how pretty everything is. The, the, the present time consciousness edict is that we are only present with the other person staring us in the eyes rather than all of the bits that, are going on around us. But I do think that's the challenge of many people's lives in 2019 and beyond. Like that's an art, not a hack. There's no hack in that. You can't hack PTC. You're either PT or you're not, you know. So it's um, it's a great reminder, I think. It's a great thing to be thinking about. How do I, how do I make my time with people better? Maybe not longer because you may not have extra time. Um, but one of the things that they, the chaplain said was, you know, when you think about your dash, when, when you when you get to the end of your days, how will your dash look and what do you want it to look like? And what could you rearrange right now? And what could you do differently? That would make your dash even more special. Yeah. So it's not necessarily doing more or packing more in or whatever else. It's like, what can you rearrange? How do you rearrange your time? Because... You don't know how much time you've got, but what do you do in spending your time um, to improve your dash? You know, just on this, because you and I haven't spoken much this week, and, I, and this is kind of like the, this is, as you talk about this, I feel like I've got two answers. It's like the 37-year-old answer and the 27-year-old answer. Like the 27-year-old yep. answer was um, go and do more things, read more books, go on, go on more holidays, uh, run more events, do, 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 do. Whereas the 37-year-old Dash, and the reason why we haven't spoken much this week is get more sleep so I'm happier, more PTC with family, friends, work, whatever it is that I'm doing because, um, you know, the older I get, the harder I find it to be an awesome Dash um, on less sleep. I felt like 10 years ago I could, well, I felt like I could be a great Dash on less sleep but these days not the case Um, and I just think, 
for all of our listeners going, well, what can I do to improve the dash? That being, being, is a, is is just as if not more important than doing. And so, that that the dash is a is a massive, deeper, meaningful. It's not just a what more can can you do? Um, and even like what you're saying, the PTC, that's more of a behaviour than a or added on to the to do list. It's more of an attitude, I reckon. Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll, can I just add, add to that before yeah. we finish up? Um, the, I was playing golf yesterday, as I do on Wednesdays, and I played with a guy, John, and John, never never played with him before, really nice bloke. I was sitting down, and he told me that he, he's been, he started working for his cousins who own a fish, you know, fish market or, you know, fish business, a seafood business. And, uh, and we were just starting away, and I said, you know, have you got any trips planned for the year? He said, yeah, I'm off to Greece. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, what takes you to Greece? He said, well, I'm Greek. I said, oh, are you really? I didn't I didn't realize that you were Greek. And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, I'm going to Greece this year. I go to Greece, you know. I try to get there every single year. And he's like, what do you mean? He said, are you Greek? I said, no, I'm not Greek. I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, with longevity. And, and then I told him about the podcast and, he was like so fascinated, and I was telling him about Ikaria. He hadn't heard of Ikaria before. He's, you know, he's from a little island off off Rhodes. It's not very far. From oh Rhodes, wow! So probably close to probably close to Ikaria. Really. I love Rhodes. I've been to Rhodes. Beautiful. Nice. No, right. I haven't been there yet, but I'd love to go. And he said, "So, what do they do?" And I said, "Well, it's interesting they say what do they do because they actually don't really do. They just <laughs> kind of be. They be. Yes. Yes. Yeah." And it's funny that you and I, that you and I haven't spoken about that, but I had that conversation with John yesterday, and you're having that conversation with me and everybody listening right now. Yeah. Um, but that's a really interesting observation that that's how the Ikarian people live is they be, um, and that's part of being um, present and conscious uh, in the time that you've got. So uh, I think. I think that's a cool little lesson there. Oh, Be 100%. more rather than do more. And and I know we need to go, but um, you know that the the being or the PTC that you're referring to does create what some people call the the relaxation response in the body, which just allows our body to behave in a much calmer manner, which means yeah. our our you know our blood pressure is calmer and our body is functioning a whole lot more yeah. effectively. And I just yeah, I think and and I don't think it's um you and I can talk about it all day, but as we say, like there's nothing. There's no greater experience than actually having it in real life in Ikaria. So I got to plug it because some people listening to this podcast for the first time ever, not really knowing what yep. we're talking about. So if this is all new to you, if you've heard this hundred times before, you're like, yeah, no, I got it, whatever. But if this is new to you, head on over to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. You'll see highlights videos of our two uh, prior trips to Ikaria. Um, and we're there September 4 to 13 this year. It's a 10 day longevity experience we uh, station ourselves in the little village of nas nas which is uh, where national geographic um were stationed when they were developing the blue zones um research it's where all of the i suppose the big media uh channels go when they want to do a story on ikaria it's where anyone who's anyone that wants to really learn the longevity lifestyle of ikaria is stationed and we're fortunate to have developed some great relationships there and we are a part of the village when we're there. We're not the tourists. We're a genuine part of the village. And uh, Damo, Thaya has emailed me saying, I hope your tribe are uh, ready to help prepare the panagetti this year. So we're going to be making the broth. We're going to be roasting the goat 
uh, boiling the goat because there's two types of goat on offer at the Panagetti. We're going to yes. be uh, harvesting the wine and getting it ready for everyone. We'll be baking the bread and uh, we'll be cooking the hot chips. We are going to be as an integral part, part of that Panagetti as, oh. as any of the locals. So she's already got us on notice to come with our um, <laughs> our community spirit and attitude because um, the That's dates fantastic. of this year fall in line with the dates of the NAS Panagetti, the local festival. So um, On purpose, on purpose, I must say. Yeah, 100%. We booked it. We said you must do it when we're coming, and they are. <laughs> yeah. So we've been able to... Um, Get it stationed uh, when we're there, and yes, we're coming with our with our gloves on, uh, Thayer, and we'll be there with our community spirit, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, I can't wait. Happy, uh, happy times. So, yeah, thanks yeah. again, um, Damo, for again. Uh, some people that have been listening to us for years will think, "Gee, it's been a heavy few weeks on the podcast," and that's because it has. You get the <laughs> true, been- real version of what's happening in our lives, and um, unedited. unedited unedited um, and really given uh, this week these are our phone conversations between mates because we haven't spoken for a week which is very rare um, in our friendship and so you've copped it all we've hit record as soon as we've said hello to each other um, and this has been the real deal and so we really hope that you've got some insight as what you're doing with your dash in between your birth date and your death date it is absolutely vital to work on that death date not just in what you do but how you behave and the type of person that you bring um, to every single experience that you're having throughout the day so thanks again for your support of this podcast really hope you've enjoyed this episode make sure you share the podcast with a friend you'll open up a whole new world of podcasts and listening experiences to them show them how to download um, the podcast there are some great interviews on this uh, 100 Not Out and many shows on thewellnesscouch.com thanks to our editor Joseph Tomo Rosie who does all of our social media and of course Cielo um, head on over to thewellnesscouch.com where you'll find over 2,500 episodes in the archives. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.